broadcasting live from a hot out tree stump in the middle of no man's land. You've reached Married with Comedy with your host, Jeff Onyx. And we had like technical difficulties, so we started over, starting from scratch. Let's see if this does it this time. got to tell people what's up. So apparently the internet crashed and we had to start the show all over. So we're starting it brand new as if nothing ever happened. So just a heads up, brand new, nothing ever happened. All right. So Joe's not here. Joe's child is ill. I'm here by myself. I'm going to do the whole show by myself. I'm going to try to do about an hour worth of a show, which we've already wasted on this technical difficulty. 20 minutes. I did 20 minutes already, and then it crashed. So we're going to try to get get this done. Here we go. I don't know, I don't know why it crashed. No idea. So I'm just going to pretend like uh, like I'm doing it fresh. So let's take a look at the... Word of the week. The word of the week this week is rail. Intercourse that is hard, usually lasting for some time. One is usually sweating profusely after being railed. Or the one doing the railing would be um, sweating profusely. What would you like to do to Fuya? I would rail Fuya. This is the example they're giving right there. So, rail. Intercourse that is hard, usually lasting for some time. All right, then. So we're back into it. Let's see how long it takes for them to shut us down this time. <laughs> Thanks for your sponsor, Swallow and Cock. Swallow and Cock Apparel. There's a nice swallow and a, and a cock, and the swallow's going down on the cock. Swallow and Cock Apparel. The majestic swallow and the regal cock. So... Awesome stuff. If you want to send us fan mail, send us fan mail, Care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri, 64465. Or if you're an angry feminist, you can send us hate mail, H-A-T-E-M-A-L-E, Care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri, 64465. So, we're going. We're going. Um... I'm sending a message to someone. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get back to, or back to, we're going to get to This Week in Comedy History again because I just did it, but because of the crashy crash thing that's going on, you all didn't see it. So, we're just going to go ahead and do it. All right. This Week in Comedy History, July, July 12th through July 18th. Here we go. First one up. Charlie Murphy was born July 12th, 1959. He died April 12th, 2017. Best known as a cast member on The Chappelle Show, you might not know. When he was a teenager, he spent 10 months in jail. On the day of his release in 1978, he enlisted in the United States Navy and served six years as a boiler technician. Boiler technician. That's Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. July 13th, 1946, Cheech Marin was born, best known as part of the comedy duo Cheech and Chong. You might not know. His real name is Richard Anthony Marin. You also might not know he was born with a cleft lip. July 14th, nothing happened. If you know of something that happened on July 14th and you want to, you know, let me know for next year, <laughs> you can leave it, leave a chat in the comments and clickety clack, leave a comment. Uh, or if you want to go to chat.kccomedy.com, you can put the information there. All right. July 15th. 1976, Gabriel Glacius was born, best known for his stand-up that coined the word fluffy. This guy was fluffy, or is fluffy. You might not know when he started doing stand-up comedy full-time. 
He was evicted from his apartment, and he also lost his car due to debt, going into debt. So that's what happened to him. July 16th, 1967, Will Ferrell was born, best known as a cast member on SNL. You might not know, while he was in high school, he would write and perform sketch comedy over the school's intercom system. So that's how he got his first writing bit going on. July 17th, 1917, Phyllis Diller was born and she died August 20th, 2012. Best known for her eccentric stage persona. You might not know after attending many funerals as a young person, as a youth, in her youth, she developed an appreciation for life and, uh, and how humor is used as therapy, how laughter is the best medicine. So that's Phyllis Diller. So that was this week in comedy history. Twitch, this week in comedy history. Europe. All right, so. So which, what are we doing now? Oh, yeah, and Joe's not here to do the lyrics. So we're going to do the Outpost Survival Tip of the Week. <clears throat> the Outpost Survival Tip of the Week is based, this this series that we're doing is the 10 C's of Survival. We did cutting tools, combustion, cordage, container, cargo, compass. Last week, we did cover. This week is candle or light. Candle or light. So... Many, many people have in their bug out bag kit or their emergency survival kit these little things. Uh, let me do the top down. This is a uh, tea light candle. Tea light candle. It's in a little metal thing. Tea light candle can last about, I'd say, uh, an hour. So, tea light candle lasts about an hour. Uh, you could have various candles in your in your um, in your your kit there. Uh, if you do try to get some that are paraffin or unscented, something that doesn't let off any scent or whatever, uh, unless you're going to be um, outside. Uh, when we had a power failure recently, though, we we had like scented candles in the house that we just went ahead and lit, like a Pillsbury cookies candle or cinnamon candle or something so those are good to have all right then uh or you could have a flashlight this is a little miniature flashlight little thin pen flashlight and uh you can look at it on the top down see how it's a pen flashlight comes with a little clip and when you turn it on it's pretty bright pen flashlight um this kind of flashlight is like seven bucks six seven bucks takes like triple a batteries lasts a long time i almost always have a flashlight like this on me i'm night blind so i have a hard time seeing in the dark anyway so i'll have something like that on me another flashlight one of my favorites is this kind of little flashlight it's uh this kind of flashlight you can see there's a lot of wear on this one i've used this one a lot this flashlight also takes uh, AAA batteries so we got that I'll get to it my love my darling is uh, commenting giving me good stuff also something that uh, is good to have would be a headlamp of some kind so you've got a headlamp like that flashes So a headlamp is good to have. This one also takes um, AAA batteries. And oddly enough, there are, see how this is a pro-tactical, pro-tactical one? Um, they have some of these little flashlights like this have the three battery thing in there. It's the same batteries that go in the, in the headsets. So I can switch out the little battery pack on them. And then I've also got this one. This one is my absolute favorite. It has this adjustable head on it. It has a belt clip on it. It has a strap on it. It has these magnets. It has a nice grip handle. It's a USB rechargeable. 
USB rechargeable. It has three modes, bottom, top, bottom and top. And I'll show you on the top down. This has got to be my very favoritist. I've got this one and I've got a um, camouflage one, but I can't find my camouflaged one. Now, and that's not a camo joke. That's a real, that's a real thing. I, I can't find my camo one. It's somewhere. I just don't know where. Uh, my, my, my lovely wife pointed out a solar lantern. Uh, a solar lantern, a lot of people, they may think that's, that's lame, you know, because when you need light, it's, uh, it's, it's dark outside. A solar lantern is one that um, it's, uh, it heats up or it, it, um, it powers up from the sun and then turns on at night. A lot of people use solar lights for like security lights at their house or for their um, their walkway or whatever. Um, some businesses use solar lights, but a solar lantern is actually a lantern that you let sit outside or you let sit in the sun when you're in an emergency situation, and then it charges it up, or you let it you know sit where it can get sunlight, and it charges it up, and then you can use it during uh, during a power outage or dark time. So that was the Outpost Survival Tip of the Week. Outpost Survival Tip of the Week. Yeah, we're just moving along here. Trivia. Last week's trivia question. Let's remind you of last week's trivia question. Last week's trivia question was, what was the first toy to be advertised on television? The first toy to be advertised on television? And the answer is... And the answer is... Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head was the, the first toy ever to be advertised on television was the Mr. Potato Head. Now it's just called Potato Head. They're taking off the Mr. and the Mrs. thing and just doing Potato Head from what I understand. Okay. The non-gender specific Potato Head. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Okay. Joe, it's almost a good thing that Joe's not here because he would be really, really tempted to just blurt out the answer to this next thing. This week's trivia question was, is, who was the first openly gay Marvel character that was introduced in the com com uh, comics in 1992? Okay. Who was the first openly gay Marvel character to come out, and he came out in 1992. So who was the first openly gay Marvel character? So, yeah. <laughs> How does he know he doesn't identify as parsnip? Because I'm a veggie phobe. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so trivia question for next week. Y'all answer it next. Answer it in the thing. We'll give you the answer next week. The answer will be next week. The first openly gay Marvel character. And don't say all of them. Because they're all gay. Don't, don't say that. You may believe that. And it might be true. But that may not be accurate. Okay. Uh, so Joe normally does the crap recap right here. And uh, he's not here. Oh my gosh. Well, I forgot to record this, so I'm going to have to download it. And then, man, we had... See, when I don't have somebody else to pick on, I have so many mental errors. So the internet failed. Not my fault. Not starting the recording again. Totally my fault. Totally my fault. All right, then. Uh, so the we're, I'm going to break down a movie. Joe's not here to the, cap, uh, the crap recap, so I'm going to do the breakdown. Here we go. I'm going to break it down. So we've been doing, we've, I've been on for 15 minutes. I'm tearing it up, bro. Tearing it up. So today's breakdown is Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Okay, so like this movie is like, um, so like a multimillionaire guy. Um, he, he wanted to like do something about 
global warming. So he seeded the sky with something to make global warming slow down so that the, the atmosphere will cool and it messed it up. Um, and we're not talking about Bill Gates because we know Bill Gates wants to do this, but it's not Bill Gates. In the movie, it's some dude named Wilford. And he seeded the sky with um, this, this stuff that made the world freeze cold. And the only surviving people in the entire planet were on this train called the Snowpiercer, which was a perpetual motion train. Well, not a perpetual motion train, but it was a perpetual train that went around the world in one year, went around the world, and then, you know, passed the same point every year. So um, in, the, in the movie, there's people who were on the train who were on the train when this event happened. And the people on the train when the event happened, that became their social status. So the people in the front of the train who were in like first class, they were like upper upper class people. They became like the upper class people. I mean, that, that, that was what they were. The people in the rear of the train, they were like coach or, um, you know, just people crammed into cars back there. So they were just like the economy uh, section of the train. So they were like the lower class, the poor people. And in the train, they differentiate these two groups as the the um, the the head and the foot, or the front of the train and the tail of the train. And uh, periodically, there's an uprising within the. By the way, spoiler alert: there's an uprising within the train, and um, you know somebody tries to get to the front of the train because the people in the back of the train are tired of eating these protein bars that end up turning out they find out are bugs these protein bars they find out are bugs prior to the protein bars some of the characters in the in the movie uh they were cannibals and other characters in in the in the movie gave up body parts in order for the people who were cannibals to eat to leave the babies and stuff alone because babies tasted best apparently so the movie they go through trying to get from the back of the train to fight their way to the front of the train to take over the train because they were tired of living poor tired of living off of scraps and the people in the front of the train had like eggs and meat and fish and you know luxuries and they were partying and they did drugs and all kinds of stuff so the people in the front of the train were like living in excess and the people in the back of the train were living in squalor so you know there was the elites on the front of the train and the those who were um i guess the the, the non-elite in the back of the train so you know they fight their way to the front uh, and they fight different people on their way to the front. And it's a really creepy dystopian future movie. And I guess uh, the the end of the movie, they crash the train. And they find out that the train is being used. To, the front people are taking little kids from the back of the train because um, apparently there are parts that went extinct in the front of the train that only children can fit into those spaces to do the job of the parts that they no longer have. So they're taking children to make them uh, to be, uh, you know, slaves or servants in the front of the, the thing to do jobs. They crash the, the train and, um, you know, only a couple people survive. So that's the premise of the whole thing. Now, the conspiracy theory with this, because it's not a conjecture or fact segment, but it could be, is that uh, Snowpiercer is actually a, a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the Wilford is actually Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the various characters that are going through the train who who are in the front of the train are actually from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and the the the, the parts that went extinct that they have to use children to replace those parts that went extinct I, I postulate were Oompa Loompas because they could fit in the small areas and they did a job and the Oompa Loompas all died off and uh you know, now they start using children to replace the Olympus. If you if you watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, no, the original. Don't watch the Johnny Depp one. Watch the original. 
you could watch the Johnny Depp one too, I guess. But all of the little characters that are in the movie, the little kids, there are characters who are main characters in Snowpiercer. They're identical in the way that they act. So, you know, you've got the little, the little bitch, um, who's like, I mean, and shit. And she's like the bitch with the glasses. And then there's that fat chick and she's the fat chick. And then there's the guy that he likes to shoot guns and he, he likes watching TV and Westerns. He's the guy that likes to shoot shit. Um, and, uh, I, you know, you know how it goes. And then Wilford is Charlie. And then the fat kid, uh, I can't remember which one that one was. Okay, so there you go. Snowpiercer. That's my breakdown. The breakdown was Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. You know what I should have done? Because I was doing the breakdown. I think I deleted it. Oh, here we go. Breakdown. I was doing the breakdown for Snowpiercer. So that's basically what's up with the movie. If you watched Snowpiercer and you watch Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you tell me if you think that there's any similarities between them. Okay? So, let's see. I got one, two, three, four. Okay. All right, then. So Joe's not here to do his Christian music thing. So we're going to jump into the Pathetic Pet of the Week. Let's see. Go over here and get the Pathetic Pet of the Week. Shouts we? The Pathetic Pet of the Week. Here we go. You ready for the Pathetic Pet of the Week? Boom. The Pathetic Pet of the Week is Bethany. This is Bethany. 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 Bethany is a poodle. She's an adult female poodle. Uh, I guess a poodle and Havanese mix. She lives in Kansas City, Missouri. She's an adult female, small in stature. She's been vaccinated and um, fixed. She prefers a home with children. She's good in a home with other dogs and cats, apparently. She was born approximately March 1st, 1918. Uh, uh, not 1919, 2019. <laughs> She'd be old if it was 2019. 20, 2019. Approximately nine pounds. The adoption fee is $300. Includes a two-week trial. Bethany needs a laid-back, quieter home. She still needs a lot of socializing to get the hang of using a harness and going on car rides, walks, and etc. Anytime her foster has guests over, She's super sweet and jumps on the couch with them. Bethany is not fond of being picked up or held. Bethany loves to snuggle and sleep in the bed with her foster family. She dances for her for her foster when she gets happy to see her. No kids in the home for Bethany. And if any visit, please crate her in a quiet room. Oh, so they say prefers a home without children. Okay, I get you. I get you. Uh, no, 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 no. Where was I? Where was I? So, um, if any kids visit, please crate her in a quiet room so she's comfy. She's had a rough past. And she's not the kiddo type. She's great with all dogs and cats and needs another doggy companion to be present. Bethany is almost house trained, but doesn't know how to show that she needs to go out. With a consistent schedule, she should do great. A fenced yard is a must for this little gal. No apartments, please. Bethany needs an owner who has experience with dogs. She's definitely not a, not a fit for a first-time dog owner. If you have read this far into the profile, and you're planning on com completing the adoption paperwork, make sure to add the name Betty White <laughs> in the question that's asked who you are applying for after the listing, after listing Beth Bethany's name. I've seen spade vaccinated, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So she's located at furrykidsrefuge.org. To adopt her, go to 
furrykidsrefuge.org forward slash category forward slash fostering. So you can go find out how to foster her at furrykidsrefuge.org. Okay, so that is Bethany. Bethany is the pathetic pet of the week. We could even do like this. Bethany is the pathetic pet of the week. Look at that. Look at that pathetic thing. Look at that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's pathetic. So yeah. So yeah. Pathetic pet of the week. So we are just like moving on. Alright then. Uh, conjecture of fact. We'll do conjecture of fact this time now. You're going to love conjecture of fact. All right. So, um, you may have noticed something about the Egyptian pyramids. A lot of people have noticed some stuff about the Egyptian pyramids. I don't know if you know or not, but the Egyptian pyramids, everybody thinks that they're tombs to hold, um, to hold, uh, the bodies of, dead pharaohs right that's what everybody was told you're told that it's a mummy you know what i'm saying that's what you're being told that it's, it's a place where mummies hang out but the truth is that no no um no mummies no dead bodies were ever found in the egyptian pyramids the egyptian pyramids are not a tomb All the scientists are going to tell you, all the historians are going to tell you that they're a tomb. There are no bodies ever found in the Egyptian pyramids. Then, then when you point that out, people they'll say, well, you know, it's because those tombs were uh, looted by grave robbers and Indiana Jones. So that's why they didn't have mummies in there because they were being looted by little Laura Croft and other tomb raiders who were raiding them tombs and looting the stuff. Um, but the fact of the matter is that most of the pharaohs that they found, all of the pharaohs that they found have been found in one specific place. So let's, let's look at where they were found. Where were they found? They were found in the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Kings. The Valley of the Kings, also known as the Valley of the Gates of the Kings, um, is a valley in Egypt where for a period of nearly 500 years from the 16th to the 11th century BC, rock-cut tombs were ex ex excavated for pharaohs and powerful nobles of the New Kingdom, the 18th to the 20th dynasty of, the ancient, of ancient Egypt which was around the time that the pyramids were supposedly built as tombs. But they weren't putting these people in the tombs. They weren't in the, in the pyramids. They were putting them at the Valley of the Kings. Uh, the Valley of the Kings stands at the west bank of the Nile, opposite, the, the, opposite Thebes, modern Luxor, within the heart of the Theban necropolis. Necropolis. Wow, that's that's crazy. The Wadi consists of two valleys, the East Valley, where the majority of the royal tombs are situated, and the West Valley, the Valley of the Monkeys, uh, with the 2005 discovery of a new chamber and a 2008 discovery of two further tomb entrances, the valley is known to contain 63 tombs and chambers ranging in size from what is KV-54, a simple pit, to KV-5, a complex tomb with over 120 chambers. It was the principal burial place of the major royal figures of the Egyptian New Kingdom, also well, as well as a number of privileged nobles. So, this is where the Valley of the Kings is located. Right here. Boom. It's where the Valley of Kings is located. It's actually located right about here. It's where the Valley of the Kings is located, right in this area. 
you can't see my oh you can't see my 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 clickety clack but okay it's all right uh where were we at the royal tombs are decorated with scenes from egyptian mythology right here oh yeah i guess i could mouse over these things see this is a small tomb that's located there and a large tomb that's located there. it looks like it's located in the same place okay whatever egyptian mythology stuff is like written all over the tombs and gives a clue to the beliefs and funeral practices of the period almost all of the tombs seem to have been opened and robbed of any antiqu antiquity but they still give an idea of the opulence and power of the pharaohs and some actual bodies were found some uh some mummies were actually found in there. It, this area has been focus of archaeological and Egyptology, Egyptological exploration since the end of the 18th century, and its tombs and burials continue to stimulate research and interest. Since the 1920s, the valley has been famous for discovery of the tomb of Tutankhamun, Tutankhamun, King Tut, Tutankhamun, and is one of the most famous archaeological sites in the world. So originally people thought, that, well, you know, King Tut, he was obviously, he came from one of the pyramids, right? He was buried in one of the pyramids. I mean, that's why they found him, right? No, he was at the Valley of the, this dude was found in the Valley of the Kings. And is one of the most famous archaeological sites in the world. In 1979, it became a world heritage site along with the rest of the Theban necropolis. Exploration, excavation, and conservation continues in the valley, and new tourist and a new tourist center has recently been opened. So here's the geology of the of the place, you know. There's a picture of what it looks like. Hydrology. It has infrequent thunderstorms that cause flash floods. Seven active flood stream beds leading down into the center of the valley. Okay. What are these? See, it seems shows the same junk. Doesn't even show where they are. The Thaben Hills. Thaben Hills dominate the al The peak of al Right there. Ancient Egyptians uh, uh, asked to... As Tadehant, or the peak. It has a pyramid-shaped appearance, and it's probable that this echoed the pyramids of the Old Kingdom. More than a thousand years prior to the first royal burial uh, burials carved here, its isolated position resulted in reduced access and special tomb police, the Majay, were able to um, guard the necropolis. While iconic pyramid complex of Giza plateau has some symbolized ancient or has has symbolized ancient Egypt, the majority of tombs were cut into the rock. Most pyramids and mastabas contain sections which are cut into ground level, and there are full rock cutout tombs in Egypt that date back to the Old Kingdom. After the defeat of Hyksos, the reunification of Egypt, and under Hummus. Ahum, Ahumos, the Theban ruled, began construct elaborate tombs that reflected their newfound power. The tombs of the Ahumos, one and his son, Amenhotepeta. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce any of these people, bro. Uh, da, 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 da. So, the Royal Necropolis, that's what they call it. The Royal Necrop Necropolis. The official name of the site in the ancient times was the great and majestic necropolis of the millions of years of the pharaoh life strength health in the west of thebes see below for the hieroglyphic spelling this is how what i just said was spelled so in there you've got akhenaten tutankhamun hormechab and a whole bunch of other people so they're burying these these people uh in or they were burying these people in these tombs 
So every time you see a movie when they've got the pyramids and people are like coming out of the pyramids, like uh, or, or mummies coming out of the pyramids or whatever, or people finding uh, bodies or whatever in the pyramids, they've never found a single body in the pyramids at all. They found a foot. They found a mummified foot. That's all they found was a foot. They don't know whose foot that is. It could have been it could have been one of the workers that was working in there and smashed his foot and and had to be left there because it was dark or whatever. You don't know. You don't know what that thing is. In fact, nobody knows what it is. Uh, so what's this? The view of the East Valley. This is the view of the East Valley. See, it has a tomb cut directly into the rock. So this all looks like sand. It looks like sand dunes and junk, but it's not. That's all rock. So what's in the next picture? Oh, look at that. There's people standing there. That's cute. So many of the tombs have graffiti written by those ancient tourists. Uh, so they're saying that inst instead of hieroglyphs, they're calling it graffiti from people who went to see it like a long time ago. In, seven, er, in 1799, members of Napoleon's expedition to Egypt, especially Vivant Denon, drew maps and, and plans of the known tombs and for the first time noted the Western Valley where Prosperous Julius and Edouard de located the tomb of Amenhotep. Not, not to be mistaken with Bubba Hotep, because we know that was Elvis, Amenhotep III. The description of whatever contains two volumes out of a total of 24 on the area around Thebes. European ex exploration continued in the area during the 19th century. So, yeah, half a century or more, people were going over there checking out these tombs or whatever. Look, here, here's a map of all the tombs. Oh, no. I accidentally kicked, clicked one of the tombs. I didn't want to click that. I just want to click the map. Why does it take all the little links off of it? Ugh. The little links can move. Look, all the little... These are all links. But look, when you click them, they go to different... It looks like the same picture. Doesn't that look like the same picture? Oh, why, why is this like the picture that pops up different? Whatever, man. Okay, so these are all the tombs at the valley. The Valley of the Kings. These are all the different tombs. Architecture, yeah! The usual tomb plan consisted of a long, inclined, rock-cut corridor descending through one or more halls, possibly mirroring the descending path of the sun god into the underworld. Now, see, they don't know that. Possibly mirroring the descent, descending path of the sun god into the underworld? Maybe they just want to go down, bro. Maybe they just want to go down. Why does it have to be like you trying to like say that it was something that it may not have been? You're just guessing, bro. Just guessing. Okay. To the burial chamber. Uh, so it's uh, descending through one or more halls. The burial chamber. In the earliest tombs, the corridors turn 90 degrees at least once such as the KV-43 tomb, you know what I'm saying? The tomb of Tutmosa. Tutmus? Tutmouse? Tutmus, the fourth? And the earliest ones had a cartouche-shaped burial chamber. The tomb of Tutmos the fourth, this layout is known as the bent axis after the burial upper corridors were meant to be filled with rubble and the entrance to the tomb hidden after the Amarna period, the layout gradually straightened with an intermediate jogged axis. Maybe the difference between the 90 degree axis and the jogged axis is because the sun god was pissed off and wanted to go check out the moon god. Why don't you write that shit? Just make shit up about all the different jaggedy jags and jogs. Whatever. Ah, Herma Homeb, this guy. Typical layout is one of the tomb is sometimes open to the public. To the generally straight axis of the late 19th and 20th dynasty tombs, Ramesses III, 
Ah, oh, Rameses. He's the best. Rameses. And Rameses the fourth or ninth or whatever. Oh, Rameses the best. As the tomb's axis straighten and the slopes are lessened, they are almost dis they have almost disappeared in the late 20th dynasty. Another feature is the common to most tombs is the well, which may have originated as an actual barrier, barrier intended to stop floodwaters from entering the lower parts of the tomb. It seems to have developed a magical purpose later on as a symbolic shaft. How do you know that? Maybe the first thing you said might, might be accurate, more accurate than a magical thing. Magical purpose? Maybe it was just there to catch water so it didn't flood the junk. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, the well itself is sometimes not ex excavated, but the well room is present. Decorations, decorations all over these tombs. They decorate the tombs with this kind of stuff. They're decorating the tombs with that kind of stuff. The onk. The tomb equipment. Each burial was provided with equipment that would enable the, a comfortable existence in the afterlife. Also presented the tombs were items used to perform magical rituals such as Shabitis, a divine and divine figurine. Some of the uh, items may have been used by the king during his lifetime. Tutankhamun's sandals, for example, and, and some were specifically constructed for the burial. How do you know that? How do you know that all this stuff that was in the burial chamber wasn't just stuff that they put in there because these people were like, hey, I don't want anybody getting my sandals that I just got, okay? I want to be buried with my sandals. They say you can't take it with you, but some of these people, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Tomb numbering. The abbreviation, uh, the abbreviation KV stands for King King's Valley. In 1827, Wilkinson painted KV numbers on the entrances to the 21 tombs that lay open in the East Valley, and at the time beginning at the valley entrance and moving southward, labeled four tombs in the West Valley with WV1 for West Valley and WV4 through WV4. The tombs in the West Valley were later incorporated into the East Valley numbering system with uh, WV-22, WV-25, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the tombs that have been opened since Wilkinson's time have been added to the list. The numbers range from KV-1 to KV-64. So there are 64 in the Kings Valley. So that's, that's a lot, dude. That's a lot of tombs, Holmes. That's like a lot of burials. That's a lot of burials in there. So, yeah. So we were checking that out. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about as much as I can beat this dead horse. Here, here's this. Here's the straight axis that they were talking about. Here's the straight axis. Talking about the straight axis straight axis and some of the burial places and stuff okay so tomb robbers yeah they had tomb raiders they had some Laura Crofts in there point being the point being that the pyramids were not for tombs they were not tombs so everybody that thought they were they don't know they don't know what's up they're making it up all right then. Let's see. I, I did. I did this. I did. I didn't do this one yet. I did that. 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 So I got two more left. Two more left. So my my goal is to do this in around an hour. Today we do everything in an hour. So we'll see what's going on with this. This segment is called Back in the Day. Back in the Day. Back in the day, we had uh, these things called key cars. Now, Hot Wheels made key cars, but there were other companies that made these key cars. They're selling for five bucks right here. The key car basically was a car that you put the key 
into the back of the car and you you would stick the key into the back of the car and when you push the button on the key the car would had a spring inside of it and it would shoot forward so it would like go so you'd be you could race your key cars you set your cars next to each other and you push the button and the cars would race so here's an example of a key car I guess here's a different color example and different type of car key car that's a truck which this is a little car there's a truck there's a blue or what color green car come on man I'm colorblind I'm trying to do this by reading and this was like a yellow I don't know okay if I'm getting these colors wrong I don't care I'm colorblind and then another blue car different different kind of blue car hot wheels cars are awesome these hot wheels cars are awesome they change color with hot and cold water in your play world if your team has just pulled off a heist and need to get away from the popo pull into a car wash and boom different colored car plus for an extra boost insert the key into the back of the car press the button and off they go off they race many to collect so race into the stores now and buy you some yeah buy you some key cars key cars uh what's what stemmed my interest in this or to to do this this week is um we were going through some of the hot wheels um that we have and that my father-in-law had and he had one that was a key car and i was like i remember these key cars and apparently the key cars are really rare because they were cheaper made and well not cheaper made but lesser quality made do you want to say that so key cars key cars yeah it'd be cool if i had like a video of the key cars so you can see what the video does so i wanted to thank uh uh uh, uh our sponsor De Carlos, De Carlos, De Carlos Chunky Salsa, De Carlos Regular Salsa, De Carlos Taco Sauce, and Mexican Marinara in various sauces. Find De Carlos at uh, various stores, Price Chopper, Hen House, um, was the other one, Sunfresh, and other other various stores. If they don't have De Carlos at the store you shop at. Go tell the, the manager you want some De Carlos. De Carlos salsa. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should play a commercial. Yeah, I'm gonna play a commercial. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play a commercial. Here we go. Here we go. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive Can cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now yeah. you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. What? All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to oh, drop up your phone expensive number. cable bill. 800-430-8761. That's 800-430-8761. <laughs> we always get a kick out of that guy saying the, the last number different when he says the phone number. He says the phone number different at the very end. So here we go. Woke this week. Now we're going to jump into woke this week. You're going to like this, I guess. You might. I don't know. Woke this week. Okay. Um, what's woke this week, uh, or what was canceled? What was canceled this week? Uh, apparently, the uh, George Floyd mural was canceled by God. Um, 
The high-profile mural of George Floyd was reduced, reduced to rubble after a lightning strike Tuesday. Now, the lightning strike happened in the middle of a clear day. There was nothing else going on, and lightning, lightning struck this. So, you know, multicolored artwork of George Floyd, blah, 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 the mural. Here's a picture of the mural when it was like up and running. That's a picture of the mural when it was up and running. And uh, the city builder inspector told the Toledo Blade it was due to the building's own deterioration. It was just age. It just came away. It happens in older buildings all the time. So, you know, lightning struck. Right before the storm hit, I just pulled in my driveway and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't down when I pulled in my driveway, says Susan Keller, who lives by the mural, told the station. I would have noticed it right away. I noticed that when they pulled it or when, when they pulled it up, so I would have known, or when they put it up, I would have noticed when it came down. It was beautiful when it was up, she added. I hope they redo it. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So they're talking about replacing the mural. Anyway, so that mural. Okay, so all of the reports are that this mural was struck by lightning. Except for this building inspector guy. He goes, nope, it fell down because of age. So... Says lightning striker here. Then it says mural down there. Okay, whatever. So, tell me in the comments below. Yeah, lightning is racist. Tell me in the comments below or in uh, chat.kccomedy.com. Yes, I got my hair cut. I got my hair cut, Lori. So, yeah. So, you're, you're late and we're about to stop because... We're only doing an hour this this time around because Joe's not here and I'm by myself and I'm not going to do a whole two hours myself. So just letting you know. So lightning is racist, apparently. All right. What else was woke this week? Universal Studios Orlando was sued after a person in the De Despicable Me costume used white power symbol in a photo with the kids. It's Despicable Me character, this right here. I'm not going to show you the video because it's horrifying. It's horrifying. He did this. Okay. Okay. Uh, and they go out of their way to say that um, biracial girls who were five and six at the time were humiliated after taking photos. In one instance, a six-year-old met with the character for breakfast at the Universal Lowry's Royal Pacific Resort in March 2019 when she posed with him for a photo. She posed with a photo with this dude in 2019, March 2019. And this is news this week? This is news now? So in March, March of 2019, this little kid posed with a photo with this. And and the character did the okay thing, and then uh, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got to do this. Here we go. When she posed with a photo with him, he made an upside down okay symbol. An upside down okay symbol. Was that like this? Would he have his hand like a certain way? He was going like this with his shirt. Was he doing this? Was he? Was, did he do the ball thing? <sighs> the anti-definition league includes it on the list of hate symbols. When did they put it on the list of hate symbols? Because if this happened in 2019, even if the dude did it and he meant it to be a hate symbol, it wasn't added into the, the thing till then. So he shouldn't be like messed with. Oh my gosh. He puts his hands to... Wait, wait, wait. He put his hand on her as if he was doing it regularly and as I was looking at the camera, he started to put the universal white supremacy hand or hate sign on her shoulder. He just let his hand on her shoulder. He just put his hand on her shoulder, like just like uh, like this here. 
He did that on her shoulder. Ugh. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me, bro. Ugh. Uh, uh. Tiffany Ziegler, the mother, the girl's mother, told USA Today, we just wanted to take them to see the minions do something special for a family, and this person ruins it. Stupid, stupid habits. He ruins it. Uh, ruined the special warm feeling. Okay, so this chick waited until over a year later to talk to the news media about it. If it was that that messed up why didn't you talk to somebody then okay another incident happened another incident allegedly allegedly occurred when a five-year-old posed with Gru the Gru character and he flashed that same symbol in February of 2019 the families from that incident from over a year and a half ago are seeking $30,000 in damages, given that the that one of the girls brought her photo to school and was told she couldn't show it in class because it had that in it. You gotta be kidding me. What teacher won't let you do the okay thing in it? Oh, oh Barack Obama did that. You can't show a picture of Barack Obama doing that either? You're not allowed to do that? Oh my gosh. It's not a white supremacy symbol. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's retarded. It's retarded. 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 Oh, my gosh. We never want our guests to experience what this family did at Universal Orlando. A spokesman told USA Today, previously mentioning that they fired the unnamed actor. When? When did they fire the unnamed actor? Recently or back then? So you're telling me that they got to take a year and a half to fire somebody? This is not acceptable, and we are sorry. Are you? Are you sorry that somebody did the OK symbol? Mickey Mouse does the OK symbol. They used to sell Mickey Mouses with the OK thing on it. They used to sell all kinds of stuff. They used to sell all kinds of Universal Studio stuff. Ugh. We're taking steps to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. You can't, because whatever symbol that, that you're going to do next, there's no way somebody's going to know. They're just going to make shit up. Somebody's going to throw up some some hand gesture that is just like so happens to be in a photo. And you're going to say that that was some kind of evil thing. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to know this thing. Why is that thing going? I don't want to hear that. Ugh, who cares, McDonald's? Nobody cares. You. Ugh, so despicable me. Ugh. So that's ridiculous. All right. So uh, on today's show, let's make sure we got everything done. Here we go. We're going to tell you what we had done on today's show. So that way you could figure out what's going on. By the way, you can go to marriedwithcomedy.com to find past episodes uh, and also our podcast. And you can you can download the, the podcast. Let's see. This week we did. Today we did. The word of the week, which was rail, someone who gets railed is a sexual intercourse that is very, very hard and fast. Okay. Then we did uh, fan mail. Of course, we, we you guys can send fan mail. Fan mail, care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri, 64465. Or Angry Feminists can send hate mail, care of Comedy Vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri, 64465. If you want to leave comments, you can go to chat.kccomedy.com or leave a comment in whatever whatever platform you're listening to the show on. Uh, the Alpo Survival Tip of the Week this week was candle or or um, or torch. The trivia question is, who's the first openly gay Marvel character uh, to come out? And he came out in 1992. So you can tell that. Pathetic Pet of the Week was Bethany. The uh, conjecture fact was about the pyramids this week. The pyramids. Um, let's see. The breakdown was about uh, Snowpiercer. And back in the day, we had key cards. And stuff was canceled. So that has been it. So let's, uh, let's make sure that we play this stuff the right way. Here we go. 
We can do the close now. You ready? You've been listening to Married with Comedy with your host, Jeff Onyx, because he's by himself this week. Listen up next time. Married with Comedy. Go to marriedwithcomedy.com. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah.